the to begin with, I, I want to begin with a meta commentary, if you will, a commentary on the commentary of what's happening right now. Because as you are undoubtedly aware, orange man bad. Uh, th- this has become the standard in the media where anything the president does is bad. For example, uh, and this is somewhat funny, uh, about three weeks ago, there was a running commentary on uh, the, the social media platform Twitter about brutalist uh, architecture. Now, if you don't know what brutalist architecture is, it, 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 it is not – the word brutal architecture is not meant to describe that the architecture is brutal or harsh, but in fact, that's what it is. If you know what the FBI building looks like in Washington, D.C., that's brutalist architecture or a, a very uh, Eastern European Soviet-style architecture. It is sterile. It is cold. It is blocky. Uh, it's it's not an attractive architecture style, and it is widely regarded as an architectural mistake. Uh, Georgetown, any of you who are familiar with Georgetown University, Georgetown University has a beautiful, beautiful building, and they hired an architect to design Georgetown University's library, and the library was done as a replica of its beautiful building, but it was done in, in the, the library was done in a brutalist interpretation, and it is one of the ugliest buildings on planet Earth. So the president of the United States issues an executive order last week. Now, again, three to four weeks ago, it was one of the very few things that you could find on a bipartisan basis on social media. It was agreed upon by people on the left and people on the right that federal architecture needs a makeover. It's like Catholic churches in the 70s after Vatican II. My Lord, people. Have you all seen Catholic? I, I, it, it is, it, it's crazy to me. And, and I've got this ongoing uh, email exchange with friends of mine who are Catholic on the, the collapse of Catholic architecture after Vatican II. Now, I'm not Catholic, uh, but, but I do pay attention to these things. But you go out and you, you got these, these just weird churches. They're the, the weirdest designs, and, and it all came out of the 60s and the 70s when, when people want instead of instead of building a, a cathedral or, or a church where you go in and you're overwhelmed by the beauty and, and you feel a sense of awe, it, it's, it's just garbage. It's absolute garbage. They should tear them all down uh, and, and start over with something that's actually pretty. But nonetheless, uh, so bipartisan, bipartisan support. Uh, trust me, there's a point here. Bipartisan support three weeks ago on the idea that the federal government needs to do something about its architecture, that we need to get beyond brutalist architecture, the, the international standard architecture and revert to some level of architecture that has a shared sense of history in it. So the president of the United States late last week issues an executive order that from here on out, all federal buildings need to conform to a neoclassical style of architecture that resembles that which our founders would have appreciated in the designs of Washington, D.C. If you go to Washington, D.C., uh, you'll see what we what I'm talking about here. What the president means is you walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, you have some beautiful, beautiful buildings done in a neoclassical style, a Greco-Roman style, if you will. 
And then you get the FBI building and it's garbage. And, and a couple of these other federal buildings are just absolute garbage. So the president of the United States issues an executive order saying you, you got to do this. And again, three weeks ago, every single person except for one troll somewhere in San Francisco was in widespread agreement that something needed to be done. So the president does it. and Oh, orange man, bad. Suddenly, there's a defense of brutalist architecture from the very people who were condemning it three weeks ago. You got Benjamin Applebaum, or what? You know, you know the idiot New York Times editorialist who who sat there with with Pete Buttigieg in the editorial board meeting and claimed that Buttigieg was behind a price fixing scandal in Canada because Buttigieg worked for McKinsey Consulting and McKinsey Consulting did outside work for this Canadian company that Buttigieg had no idea about. And Buttigieg actually says that's bull beep. Uh, to the guy. And the guy's this this point. This is the same guy, by the way, who was outraged that LSU would give its students the day off after the championship game. And now he's in defense of brutalist architecture. It's just terrible that Donald Trump would have standards. But this this gets to a larger issue here. There is absolute rage in Washington, D.C., over the ouster of Alexander Vindman from the National Security Council in the White House. Rage, the rage of Achilles, rage. Here's Jake Tapper uh, talking about this with Rick Santorum uh, on CNN over the weekend. Do not worry. I will be fine for telling the truth. And why do you have confidence that you can do that and tell your dad not to worry? Congressman, because this is America. This is the country I've served and defended, uh, that all of my brothers have served, and here, right matters. That was Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman testifying in the president's impeachment hearing about the difference between his father's Soviet Union and American democracy on Friday. Vindman was fired along with his twin brother. And another key impeachment witness, Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland. Let's discuss. Uh, Senator Santorum, let me start with you. Some Republican senators uh, were urging the president not to fire Sondland. In addition, Susan Collins of Maine said that she doesn't favor any retaliation. But we're clearly seeing some retaliation. Well, look, the president has a right to have people around him that are that he's comfortable with and support him. And obviously, these people have done things to lose uh, the president's faith in them. I, the president has the right to do these things, whether he should or shouldn't have done them. That's a question. I, I, I certainly, as a president, wouldn't want people around me who uh, don't support what I'm trying to accomplish. And it seems like, it's, particularly in the case of Vindman, that's the case. You know, the level of meltdown by Democrats over this, if, if Barack Obama had someone in his White House who was leaking to undermine him, you and I both know the media would be defending the ouster of this person. And before you say, well, Barack Obama would have never done anything like this, let, let, let's remember that the Internal Revenue Service under Barack Obama investigated and targeted conservative Tea Party groups in the 2010, 11, and 12 and stalled getting them their 501c3 status or their uh, 501c4 status because they, Lois Lerner and others within the IRS uh, believed that they would undermine the president or they would attack the president, they would go after the president. Uh, you have an inspector general saying that the IRS, uh, members of the IRS knowingly ignored the rules of the IRS to engage in partisan retaliation against these groups. Can you imagine if there was a leaker at the IRS? 
the media would be encouraging Barack Obama to fire that person. The problem here is the moral relativism of both sides. You, you know, I continue to believe Donald Trump should have never had that phone call uh, the way he had it with Ukraine's president. It, it was bad. Had he not had it, he would have gotten impeached. You know, in the same way, had he just exercised a little bit of self-control and not fired James Comey, he would have never had the Mueller investigation. Now, that being said, it, it's pretty clear that Comey was a hack and should have been fired. Uh, you know, if Hillary Clinton had fired James Comey, though, the media would have said it was deserved if she were president. And that's part of the problem here. There's a moral relativism on both sides where uh, if our side does it, uh, it's virtuous. If the other side does it, it's a sin. As opposed to saying this is right and this is wrong. And if it's right for one side, it's right for the other side. And if it's wrong for one side, it's wrong for the other side. But we're not allowed to go there anymore. God help us. We're not allowed to go there. And now you've got the, the Democrats falling over themselves to say that Donald Trump is a king. He's a dictator. It, it's we'll never be able to remove him. I, I got to ask, just as an aside. How many Democrats are going to get to November and say, hmm, well, guess I'm not going to go vote. He's a dictator. They, they told me he's a king now. I can't get him out of the office, so why, why bother to go? I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be significant numbers, but I do wonder to some degree, particularly with the Democratic meltdown. Oh, we will get to the Democrat meltdown that's happening right now over the, the field. My goodness, they are in absolute panic mode after the good week the president had last week. But uh, no, seriously, how many people are going to decide that, oh, my goodness gracious, uh, this man's a dictator now. Then we're never going to be able to remove him from office. They just throw their hands up and, and, and get out of politics. It makes you wonder. Uh, and listen, I don't think it's going to be a significant number, but when you have mainstream media talking heads saying this man is a dictator now, there's nothing we can do, some people are going to lose hope. Other people, of course, are going to get violent. Uh, in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, neo-Nazi-looking type, well, it would be if, if he was doing this to Democrats, but because he's doing it to Republicans, no, no, ran a van through a Republican voter registration tent. If this was a just just uh, let's play hypotheticals hypothetically, Stacey Abrams fair fight does a voter registration drive and a blonde haired blue eyed dude in a van runs through the tent where they're doing the voter registration drive. What do you think the media reaction would be? How many days of coverage would it get? But it was a progressive activist who did it to Republicans. So we're not getting a ton of media coverage, are we? No, we're not. And we're not because there is a partisan indifference to these sorts of stories. And that partisan indifference comes from the fact that they are hypocritical and they give sympathy to the left and they ignore facts that might embolden People on the right. There is a moral relativism on both sides. I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's flip this over on the other side. If Barack Obama had made a phone call to Ukraine's president and said, investigate Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump, you who are listening right now, nodding along with me, would be beside yourself with rage and want the president impeached. That's just the reality of it. Each side believes its own side virtuous and the other side 
vain and at fault. But that's not the situation we're dealing with right now. We, we can do all the what about scenarios we need to, but that's not the situation we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with the situation of this president. And I have said repeatedly he shouldn't have done that phone call. I don't think it was impeachable, but I do think it was wrong. And I wouldn't think it was impeachable if Barack Obama did it, but I would continue to think it was wrong. But just by virtue of saying it's wrong, there will be rally the flag contenders for this president who will be outraged with me for saying that that it was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. Uh, And and there will be Democratic partisans outraged that I don't think it's impeachable. But if the shoe were on the other foot and I said it was wrong, a lot of the Republicans upset with me for saying it was wrong for the president to do it would be cheering me on for saying it was wrong for Obama to do it, but, but excoriating me for saying it's not impeachable. We're in an age of moral relativism, and there's a lot of nonsense out there. And the media, of course, is so biased and, and has no sense of history that ignores these things. I am old enough to remember Barack Obama telling supporters to take guns to knife fights, and the media was comfortable with his rhetoric. I am old enough to remember Joe Biden telling black voters that Mitt Romney would put them back in chains, and the media turned a blind eye. I am old enough to remember Barack Obama telling Hispanic voters that Republicans were their enemies, and the media said nothing. I am old enough to remember Barack Obama lying and telling people if they liked their doctor, they could keep their doctor, and the media defended him and assailed Sarah Palin for saying it was a lie, and even PolitiFact came out and said he was telling the truth and then had to say it was the lie of the year. Oops, my bad, got it wrong, we made the mistake of believing him. The media gave him a pass. I am old enough to remember the Obama administration uh, giving guns to Mexicans in Fast and Furious and getting an American Border Patrol agent killed. And I'm old enough to remember the Obama administration's IRS investigating and harassing Tea Party groups. The media turned a blind eye to all of this. They gave a pass to all of it. And now suddenly they think that Donald Trump is uniquely bad, uniquely terrible. His, His voters are uniquely violent and his rhetoric is uniquely violent. Because they were asleep for eight years is the only thing I can imagine. This, this, so much of the anger and rage about Donald Trump firing Alexander Vidman, you and I both know darn well that if Barack Obama had done that, the media would be giving him a pass. And, and that's why I can't be outraged by it. I, I don't blame the president for wanting to reassign people. He didn't fire him. They reassigned him out of the White House. And I don't blame him for doing so. It is clear that this administration uniquely— if there's one unique thing about it, has a bunch of holdovers from the Obama administration and careerists who are partisans who lean to the left, who hate this president and want to undermine him, and he has every right to clean the White House of these people and move them to other places. And the fact that the media is upset about it is really the media is upset because their sources, the leakers, are being reassigned.